Welcome to the Quartering Podcast for Tuesday, the 8th of November. First up, Ethan Klein busted lying about Twitter ban by Elon Musk team as H3 podcast host Spirals. Lots going on. Obviously, the midterm elections today. Hopefully, you got your vote in, or you're going to vote, or you already voted. And uh, today, we'll be covering a wide variety of interesting news, including the hilarious, hilarious fact uh, of the complete media meltdown over the banning of, well, basically... Ethan Klein and a few other irrelevant people, his four-hour meltdown cope stream, and the leader of trust and safety from Twitter calling them directly out, calling them liars. It's been absolutely amazing to watch, amazing to to witness, as for once in like, seems like forever, right? The rules seem to be applied somewhat evenly. Oh yeah, wrong screen showing, but I'm going to leave it up. Enjoying the new Interpol record. Uh, Pretty good. Came up back in July. Now, this article is full of incredible cope. Comedians, actors, and chip tune artists suspended from Twitter because Elon Musk has no idea what he's doing. Now, I want to point out, again, that I'm going to... This is the setup, right? The payoff is coming, baby. The payoff is coming. By the way, thank you, everyone. It's been so awesome to see all the new subscribers coming in. I know a lot of you have probably just been viewers and kind of, you know, finally subscribed, or maybe you're new. I just really, really appreciate it. It helps the channel a ton. There's a button down below. It just makes finding my videos easier. YouTube does not make it easy to find my videos. I do videos six days a week, sometimes seven. And all I ever ask is that you subscribe and endure my endless coffee brand, coffee.com ads. Promo code midterm to save 10% today. Anyway, comedy is now legal on Twitter, says billionaire, melting down over people making fun of him. People are so mean online. This There are many articles written, but this one was one of the most hilarious. A number of high-profile verified users have had their Twitter accounts suspended over the past few days after seemingly breaking, but not also breaking, some new rules instituted by the site's new owner, Elon Musk. Again, I will show you that these are not new rules. Musk, who bought the social media platform despite not knowing what to do with it or how to run it or be able to afford it, began his tenure. That's rich coming from Kotaku. Began his tenure last month by celebrating the return of free speech, quickly reminding everyone that the people championing free speech are the loudest and rarely interested in any such thing. One of the big reasons his brief reign has proved so unpopular, with some people, by the way, along with mass, probably illegal firings, also not illegal. Like, this is just literally like paragraphs and paragraphs of lies. I wonder why Kotaku has lost almost every single writer they have. And why, when someone says, did you see on Kotaku, the response is always laughter. Is firings uncertainly overpaid membership costs, uh, general divorced guy ramblings, and his promised overhaul of Twitter's verification process, which grants public figures and those working in the lines work with rife, rife with impersonation, like journalism. Really? I I talked about this last night briefly in a stream, and tonight we're doing an election midterm stream at 5.30 on this channel. Um, And uh, it's going to be fun. I'm going to try to get a couple people to pop in like we did before. Uh, Anyway. It's a tiny little thing designed to... So so journalists do not deal with impersonation. That's just like a guy literally sniffing his own toots. You know, that's all that is. Nobody wants to be Luke Plunkett, not even Luke Plunkett. 
a little. So all this article is is like a a a thousand word cope about how uh, they're losing their blue check mark, and then they they definitely feel like their blue check mark makes them better than everyone else. Again, uh, you know, article filled with lies. Then we got this H three H Ethan Klein is the latest victim of Twitter's new impersonation crackdown. It's one of the most hilarious things. You get this photo wearing his evil Elon Musk addressing the Twitter ban on YouTube right now. By the way, account ban evasion. I want to tell you that I believe I subscribed to this is not my original idea, but I saw it floating around yesterday, I think from Posobiec, and there is some merit to it. Some people think that enforcing this now allows Elon to ban some prominent leftists like Elon Musk or uh, Ethan Klein or Kathy Griffin or I don't know whoever else got banned that nobody cares about Sarah Silverman briefly only to then be able to use them in the mix when they after Wednesday you know reinstate somebody like Donald Trump or I mean you think Twitter's fun now wait till they reinstate Donald Trump's account um or like you know Nero or any you know PV or um, James O'Keefe or any of these people when they so then they'll be able to say well we're not just reinstating people on the right wing here we brought back Ethan Klein and we brought back Kathy Griffin these are leftists I think that that there could be something to that um, and then of course he's getting dunked on in the replies what did you mean by this where a, a young crip was making fun of him saying sorry guys I had to sell out and betray everyone because the cost of diapers between my son and myself are expensive AF um, you know oh no the thing you wanted to happen happened same energy, poster child for cope. Um, it's all Elon's fault, right? Um, you know, don't sweat it, man. Keep your chins up. Uh, you know, everybody in the response, of course, dunking on him. And it was a, it was a, it was an amazing uh, three hour and thirty three minute cope fest. By the way, no small, you know, not a bad viewership. Four hundred ninety nine thousand views. That's pretty good. Uh, but uh, humble brag, my video announcing his ban beat his video so far. I'm sure his will surpass mine in time. Of course, he usually gets like 700 to a million. He's got three times my subscribers, so of course he would. But uh, so the cope is pretty funny. Of course, he takes zero responsibility, and it's all Elon Musk's fault. And it's and the media is um, is is perpetuating this by writing articles about how it's all Elon Musk's fault and, uh, you know, all, all this, you know, these poor uh, leftists were just trying to make jokes when they weren't. And now Yoel Roth, by the way, okay, head of safety and integrity at Twitter, who also hates conservatives, who called half the country, you know, the bad guys from WW2 and, and signifies everything that people on the right or people in the middle wanting gone from Twitter, especially in positions of power, responded. And this is what he wrote. Verification, impersonation, Twitter blue. There's a lot going around today. There's a lot going around identity on Twitter today. Let's break down what policies are and what some of the big questions we still need to answer. First, first, impersonation has always been banned on Twitter. Misleading profiles make Twitter worse for everyone. Last year, we banned more than... 500,000 accounts for impersonating peoples and brands. This is, I told you I had the sauce for you. This is the sauce, that yum yum sauce. You know, you dip your sushi in it, you put your 
your chicken in it, you put your tofu in it, it's all you put it on a piece of leather, it's all good. Okay. So the idea that Twitter just started enforcing this rule, which is basically what every leftist media outlet wrote, has been not only debunked, but debunked with statistics. 500,000 accounts banned for impersonation just last year. Parody has long been recognized as an important form of speech, and we have clear, long-standing guidelines about how to operate parody accounts on Twitter in a non-misleading way. Also linking to that with all the very obvious specifics that we all knew about. When verified accounts use impersonation as a tactic, whether for parody or not, it creates an especially confusing experience. It's been our long-standing practice to suspend verified users when they do this. So this blows out of the water the whole, oh, it was, ooh, e Elon Musk just got mad at poor little... I'm pretty sure that Elon Musk doesn't have any idea who Ethan Klein is or care, just like he doesn't know who I am or care. Okay. The plan changes to Twitter Blue make verification more widely available, raise the stakes for this kind of impersonation, which uh, here's what we're going to do about it. In the short term, we'll ramp up proactive review of Blue verified accounts that show signs of impersonating another user. When we find them, we'll suspend them. See something that looks off, you can report it directly in the app. We're particularly focused on the risks of impersonation of public officials in the context of the 2022 election midterms and have made the decision not to launch verification for Twitter Blue until after Election Day. Now, it'll be interesting to see if it actually launches tomorrow. Um, it, 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 you know, it'll, <laughs> we'll have to see. Long term, I think we need to invest more in identity verification as a, comp a complement to proof of humanness. Paid verification is strong, not perfect signal of humanness. They're talking about bots, which helps fight spam and bots. But that's not the same thing as identity verification. For years, verification on Twitter has been tricky because it's both it's signal a signal both of authenticity, you are who you say you are, and notability, you're important by some standard. So you get rid of that second part. I think that that helps, which is what they've done. Notability is inherently difficult to determine in a fair way globally. I support getting rid of it. Look at that. Wow. It's hard to believe this guy's a lunatic leftist. Proof of humanness is more straightforward. Most spam fighting is a numbers game. Your objective is to raise the costs on spammers until their losses exceed their gains. When you do that, the spammers go away and you win. $8 account per or per account raises the cost for a spam a lot. Well, that's only if, they verify, if they're verified, right? It's just not the $8 though. This kind of in-app purchase requires bad actors to get through not only Twitter's defenses, but also those of mobile device manufacturers and payment processors. This is not impossible for a sophisticated adversary, but it's hard to do at scale. No solution to identity is perfect, and we're iterating quickly to come up with the best approach here. We appreciate all the feedback and we'll share more as our work progresses. And then two hours ago, Elon Musk signal boosted this and said important thread. So it absolutely destroys uh, this idea that this was some new policy that was never enforced before. People like Ethan and people, people who got banned wanted to get banned. Uh, they thought, and, and, and it turns out I turned, I tuned into a stream last night. He had like 40,000 people watching him. That's incredible. Um, I saw he had a lot of hundred dollars super chats. He made a lot of money. He had a lot of new members. 
So maybe in the end it's worth it for him because Twitter is a net negative in his life. But it's just sad to see how, how just how willingly ignorant people are when all the data and facts are out there. And next up today, Mark Ruffalo demolished by Elon Musk after simping for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, Mark Ruffalo, Snuffleupagusalo. You, my friend, might be one of the most insufferable humans on the planet. His Twitter account, a vast wasteland of bot followers and uninteresting tweets and incredibly low interaction. But every once in a while, Mark Ruffalo says something that grabs my eyes, including trying to stump for a horrible political candidate in my home state today, of which I did not appreciate very much. That said, Mark Ruffalo decided to try and simp for AOC, and it did not exactly work out how he had planned. On top of that, I want to remind everybody of a tweet that is still up, okay? That is still up right now in 2022, knowing everything we know. This, this tweet is still live, okay? This comes after the Kyle trial last year. We come together to mourn the lives lost to the same racist system that devalues black lives and devalued the lives of Anthony and Jojo. Now, Anthony and Jojo are the two people that effed around and found out with Kyle uh, in Kenosha. But I do find it kind of interesting that he uses Jojo's little pen nickname. I don't know if you knew this, but Jojo had been locked up numerous times for spending time with young boys and not just like taking pictures or anything, which is also obviously gross and a crime. I mean, going all the way with her, his girlfriend's kids, right? You can see this. He, you can read my tweet if you're watching the video. I mean, like, I think Mark should play him in the movie. You know, I, I mean, like, I, I just think, like, never, never forget this banger tweet. In fact, in fact, uh, in fact, <laughs> let me just remind everyone of who Mark Ruffalo really is. But he decided to get involved in a little simp, a little simpy wimpy, right? Mark Ruffalo trying to defend AOC then gets ratioed. Here's the initial tweet. Elon, please, for the love of democracy. Oh, I'm sorry, decency. Get off Twitter. Hand the keys to someone who does this as an actual job and get on with running Tesla and SpaceX. You're destroying your credibility and it's just not a good look. That was quote tweeting. Yo, Elon Musk will have your attention. This is it for her, uh, $8, her $8 uh, meltdown. To which Elon replied, by the way, he got 43,000 likes. Pretty good for Mark Ruffalo. Uh, let's see, Elon Musk replies, hot take. Not everything AOC says is 100% accurate. 140,000 likes. Some of the other replies, cry more. It'll be $8. You're right, Mark. Everyone who disagrees with you politically has an illegitimate opinion. 5,000 likes. I've been using this meme way too much. <laughs> Blame it on Hollywood. You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. Just pay the $8 and sit in the corner, Mark. Celebrities wanting blue checks, Mark, should be charged $8,000 a month. Mark, for all sanity, please stay out of politics and business and stick to being a big smashing green boy that knows that everyone knows and love. You couldn't do 
a better job. And we know that. So just sit down before you embarrass yourself. Absolutely getting crushed. And then the media piles on on top of that. Elon Musk publicly slammed Mark Ruffalo for criticizing his purchase of Twitter, telling the actor not everything Representative Ocasio-Cortez says is 100% accurate following an online spat with the progressive politician. Hot take, not everything AOC says is 100% accurate. Jack Dorsey's successor said in response to Ruffalo, who's best known for portraying Hulk in the Marvel's Avengers movies and for his role in the Academy Award-winning film Spotlight. A day earlier on Saturday, the 54-year-old actor said, what I already tweeted, right? Uh, Musk, who officially announced that Twitter's new owner last week, had pledged to increase free speech in his attempt to dissolve social media platforms' left-wing bias. However, SpaceX and Tesla founder has also faced backlash from celebrities and politicians for charging users monthly subscriptions for verification as a way to increase Twitter's revenue stream. Again, it's not charging for verification. That's just part of it. He's charging for additional Twitter blue features. We also talked about earlier today, if you checked out my earlier videos, and by the way, if you're not subscribed, please do take a moment to do that. I don't care where you watch me, Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, um, YouTube. I just uh, hope that you're subscribed. A couple of things. We now know that the verification process was compromised, that uh, there were systems in place where people were paying up to $15,000 to get verified on Twitter. Now, there were allegedly Twitter employees involved in this, but as well, in addition to that, there were PR agencies and a wide variety of other people who got involved in all of this as well. So we know the verification blue check mark is compromised, so it doesn't even necessarily mean people are who they say they are. What this is, is a bunch of leftist elites who saw that blue check mark as an indication that they were in fact better than you, losing that, and then promptly losing their minds. I'm not kidding. That, that's what this is. Uh, we've seen that by the response to all of this. Of course, Lamau, a billionaire, earnestly trying to sell people the idea that free speech is actually $8. Again, this is leftist gaslighting. If anyone around you tries to say that like this is a free speech issue, like, Elon, uh, like uh, Ethan Klein tried to, it's not. You are free to use Twitter for free and say whatever you want within the terms of service. You can choose to pay $8 for access to upload videos and like um, verified only tab, um, which will help filter out bots allegedly, um, which I guess I kind of understand. If you go to your verified tab, you know, hey, they're, uh, you know, they're not, my account's not getting filled up with bot replies. It's not something I really deal with, but I know it's something Elon deals with and other big, with a lot of people, with a lot of Twitter followers. Um, of course, Elon absolutely torching her with the, your feedback is appreciated. Now pay $8. Uh, on Thursday, AOC tried to pretend like, you know, Elon Musk himself had gone out of his way to, um, screw with her, her particular Twitter account, which of course was not true. And we all know where that went. So, I mean, I think it's pretty hilarious hearing from Mark Ruffalo after the man has tweeted like rip Jojo. I mean, Everything he says, like if he was even, here's, there's two options with him saying rip Jojo, okay? Either he had no idea what was going on in the trial and no idea about Jojo's criminal history, which was proudly displayed during the trial, or he knew and he didn't care. I think both are probably equally bad. And, and you know, these replies to Mark are everything, 
Not a good look. Defund bad cops and, cops and police departments. Tell Obama we need an executive order. Mark, you're insufferable. Would pay $8 for you to leave Twitter. Who? I mean, who are all these like, you know, you get the weird nerds protecting Elon thing, but it's just a way to deflect. It, it's all hilarious to me that like, these Hollywood elites think that they that they all know better and that they're better than everybody else. And then this is them kicking and screaming. If you look at Mark Ruffalo, for a guy with 8.3 million followers, okay, 500 likes, 400 likes, 800 likes. Is it possible that guys like Mark Ruffalo are really worried that Elon is going to purge the bots and that they're going to see uh, that... Really, there's only a few thousand people who give a dang about the things that they have to say. 300 likes. You have 8 million followers. You can't even break 1,000 likes. I mean, he retweeted this and got 100 likes. 150 likes. Here you go, 5,000. Good for you. Good for you, Mark. Out of your 8.3 million totally real followers, you got 5,000 of them. Absolutely pathetic. I'm absolutely loving these celebrities losing their elite status. They can all leave for all I care. They can all go to Mastodon if they want. I'll be there too, just like I'm everywhere, but they won't have the same status and they'll all be back. And next up, Elon Musk reveals shocking new data that makes journalists melt down. If you read the mainstream media, and it's been really interesting over the past couple of days, they've now reached the stage of just flat out lying about uh, uh, Twitter's usership and and what's going on. You know, you see hot takes from fellow YouTubers who normally get things right. And look, I get things wrong too. So this isn't like a call-out video. I, I genuinely, I generally really enjoy people like Moist Critical's content. I think he has great takes on uh, social commentary, stuff like that. But his video about how Twitter's dying or whatever, I was really just <laughs> reactionary, which, hey, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not judging the guy for it, but there's a lot of t hot takes like that, that Twitter is dying and blah, everyone's going to Mastodon and all this stuff. Well, it turns out it's all, it's all bologna sausage. And I will prove that with this little thing called data. MIT reports Twitter lost over 1 million users since Elon Musk's takeover. Now, do we know if those, well, let's read. There's always a little more past the headline, right? One week into Elon Musk's ownership of Twitter, the social media platform has reportedly lost over 1 million followers. We've observed an uptick in people deactivating their accounts, but also Twitter suspending accounts, said Christopher Boozy. Are you literally using that clown from Bot Sentinel who's like getting sued by lawyer YouTubers? MIT Technology reviewed. I'm um, sorry, review reported that bot Sentinel. So MIT didn't do anything. They just took data from a hack. The bot Sentinel analyzed 3.1 million accounts on Twitter and believes that around 877,000 accounts were deactivated. So not even a million, 877,000. And a further 500,000 were suspended. So, okay, the suspensions have nothing to do with Elon Musk. That's more than double the usual number. So they got rid of a bunch of spam accounts and, and by the way, oh my gosh. Okay. So the normal, it's not even a million. First of all, it's not a million. It's 877,000. Also, they said that that's 
more than double the original number. So let's see, let's be honest, this is maybe the regular number is, you know, 300,000. So only 500,000 people deactivated Twitter out of 210 million. So if you peel away the layers of the lie, okay, you're talking about a headline that says a million users, which isn't even that many because we don't know if they were mouths or were they active. Was it one person with a, a thousand bot accounts? We don't know. And what we're really talking about is a couple hundred thousand. And that also doesn't take into account new users. Like, by the way, there's this weird like leftist cancel Twitter thing. If you're thinking about coming back on Twitter, now would be a great time. Follow me. It's been a lot of fun. Think about this. Like in a week, Trump will probably be back. Um, Project Veritas will be back. James O'Keefe will be back. All these people will be back. It's going to get really wild. So I could probably cancel out enough of it with just my viewers. Now, Pod Sentinel's analysis watched a percentage of users with deactivated or suspended accounts before applying the percentage to the overall 237 million. Oh, there's 237 million. So we're talking about 237 million, 300,000 people left. And I, if I want to be really generous to the left, 400,000. That's nothing. We also believe the increase in suspensions is from Twitter taking action on accounts purposely violating Twitter's rules to see if they can push the limits of free speech. So that I probably believe. People I saw, you know, people who were like spamming the N-word, we saw that their trust and safety uh, left, leftist uh, came out and said that they were all banned. The rise in hate speech on Twitter comes after a company paused some of its moderation tools. Bloomberg reported that what was once hundreds of employees is now a 15-person team. But did they report what the actual percentage... Like, this is the thing. I saw this stupid tweet from the NAACP last night telling advertisers to, to continue to boycott because of the massive increase in hate speech. Source? Dude, trust me, bro. No evidence whatsoever. Musk's first week running Twitter was met with controversy. So out of this, 250 million active users, and they're writing these articles for 300,000 people that left. Three or 400,000. This is like a total nothing burger. Elon Musk's Twitter loses thousands of users to rival Mastodon. Oh my God. Mastodon has 489,000 users. It's coming for Twitter any minute now. Now, here's the thing. I know Mastodon, it's a little complex to get used to, even I, because I don't really understand blockchain and stuff like that. It's a little complicated. It's currently viewed as this leftist kind of safe haven, even though it's not. Really, anybody can use a Mastodon instance and have whatever kind of politics they want. This is your this is your Twitter killer. Oh, no. Oh, 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 let me say this, too. By the way, I 100 percent support Mastodon. I think people should use it. People should use Mastodon just like they should use Getter, Gab, True Social, every alternative that they want. There's nothing wrong with, you know, the perception. I'm sure Mastodon was not created for leftists. OK. So this is this article is written like some kind of own. Since Elon took over Twitter, Mastodon has dropped 489,000 new users, bringing the total monthly active users to more than a million. That's nothing. Parler had many millions. Um, Truth Social has many millions. 
Gab has many millions. Mastodon is not even in the top five of alternatives, I wouldn't say, based on those numbers. But like, again, I have nothing against Mastodon. Mastodon is not like some, again, like leftist only place. That's a tiny fraction compared to Twitter's 238 million daily active users, but Musk's purchase has seemingly been the incentive for the German nonprofit has been waiting for since founding in 2016. Quote, I don't think Mastodon or the Fediverse have ever received this much attention before, Rochko wrote on his account two days ago. It's a great opportunity for people to finally see the social media can be done differently and can be a protocol not under control of any single company. And again, I support the idea of Mastodon. I wonder if somebody who is really smart, if I could do an instance on like my own server, like I have a dedicated server. Does that enough juice to run one? And could I actually do it? Or is it, is it crazy to even suggest that? I don't know. It'd be kind of cool to have like a quartering instance on that. Um, and like, and by the way, I've got a story later today. That's hilarious. Uh, all these journals that are running over there are getting called the N word. It's like, and then like they're having meltdowns because they're like, wait, there's no safety protocols here. There's no, I can't mass block people. It's so funny. Um, and then you see like, again, Occupy Democrats just literally lying, breaking Elon Musk now wants to put all of Twitter behind a paywall and charging all users subscription fee to use Twitter. If Musk starts charging you to use Twitter, will you A, pay Elon Musk or ditch Twitter and join the Twitter alternative tribal social? Which has a which has a whole ninety thousand followers on Twitter and probably a fraction of as much uh, users. And again, even though tribal social is being exclusively promoted by leftists, I want it to succeed. I want all alternatives to succeed. Okay, I think all of that's better. I don't think the social media is a better place with Twitter being the only option. I'm happy that Twitter is potentially getting better, but that remains to be seen. I don't buy all this. Like, there's a lot of people on the right who are like, look at my followers. They're like totally exploding. I think those are people that specifically had a bunch of followers leave to go to like True Social. I have, I mean, yes, my followers have gone up. Like, if I said, hey, if you have Twitter, please follow me today. If you don't have Twitter and you're thinking about joining, create an account and give me a follow today and have some fun. We'll see if that actually drives people. Like I've been going up, but I haven't been seeing insane numbers or anything like that. I don't believe that shadow banning and, and uh, all this stuff is has been removed yet. I do believe it will be removed. And you see Fortune magazine, Elon Musk putting Twitter behind a paywall could sound the death knell. I mean, of course he's not going to do that, but they're just running with this fake, here's tribal social. Look at him getting ratioed into oblivion. Breaking Republican Elon Musk now considering putting all of Twitter behind paywall and charging all users a subscription fee to use Twitter. No, he's not. Like, it's just not, it's not happening. Twitter users are switching to Mastodon. Okay, well, let's get to the real data here. Twitter tells advertisers users growth is at an all-time high. Uh-oh, Pascadios. Uh-oh, Pascadios. Uh-oh, Pascadios. Here's the, here's the list. Here's the link. This, is, this was shared by Elon Musk himself. On the top, you see global MDAO, that's monthly active users, um, rolling seven-day average, okay? Back on July 9th, these are active users. So losing like inactive users is irrelevant. Back in July, it was 240 million, and it has done nothing but go up. 
including a massive climb now to well over 255 million. I don't actually see this number, but it looks based on these each being 5 million, it's probably 257, 258 million seven day average. And if we look at the United States only, the growth is astronomical, going from 42 million in July. Uh, well, I guess this graph is kind of stretched out, but 42 million steadily, and, and it rocketed up in October, and it's sitting at 45, 46 million daily active users. You see, since Twitter's dramatic Twitter uh, takeover, Twitter's monetizable daily user growth has accelerated more than 20%, while Twitter's largest market, the United States, is growing even more quickly according to internal FAQ obtained by The Verge, which was shared with Twitter's sales team on Monday to use in conversation with advertisers. Per the FAQ, Twitter's added more than 15 million monthly active users, crossing the, crossing the quarter billion mark since the end of the second quarter when it stopped reporting financials as a public company. If those numbers are in line with how Twitter reported metrics when it was public, they imply that the service has yet to see a mass exodus under Musk's ownership. He tweeted on Sunday that his deal to buy Twitter was announced User numbers have increased significantly around the world. Twitter last reported 237.8 million users and a 16.6% yearly growth rate for the second quarter. Oopsie. Next up today, epic fail. Journalists flee Twitter and immediately regret it. Elon Musk keeps winning. One of my all-time favorite plot lines or storylines, or it's really a subplot of Elon Musk taking over Twitter has been just how hilarious the cope has been and how ineffective it's been because we actually see the data. I remember when, for example, Donald Trump was banned from Twitter and we saw just how many millions of people migrated the very next day to Parler. It was massive. I had a larger follower count on Parler the day after that than I, than I, than I even currently have on Twitter. It was huge, okay? The left keeps... Per, 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 uh, perpetuating this this idea that everyone's left for Mastodon. I'm leaving for this other um, uh, echo chamber. Uh, what's the other one? It's literally called Tribal, which is hilarious. What if I told you all those journos, all these journos that ran to other places <laughs> were immediately called the N-word and all sorts of other terrible things and have been melting down about how in unsafe they feel on other platforms. What if I told you that's how this all turned out? Now, over the past couple of days, we've seen Hope Kohlberg, among others, make dramatic exits from Twitter. What we now know, if you watch my channel, if you watched all my videos today, is that Twitter usage right now is at an all-time high. It's experienced record growth over the past month or two. And on the American market, which is where they sell most of their ads, is absolutely massively active right now. We know that other sites do exist, Tribal, Mastodon, other things like that. And I think uh, it's a good thing. Even if leftists are like running there, I still think, again, more competition is better, but it's completely backfired for them. Uh, so you see this story, Whoopi Goldberg and Gigi Hadid, okay, who? delete their Twitter accounts after Elon Musk's Twitter takeover. 
But a string of woke celebs, including Shonda Rhimes and Tony Braxton, have kept theirs open despite vowing to leave. Oh, wow, really? We also reported earlier today that literally nobody left. Goldberg66 closed her account following a monologue on The View in which she said social media platform was a mess. I think it's hilarious to me that anybody believes that this existing mess on Twitter, and it can be a mess, in particular the bot issue, is anything new. People have been insufferable on this platform since its inception. Elon Musk taking over has not changed anything. It's like the NAACP suddenly caring about the safety of advertisers and, and calling for people to cancel advertising on Twitter, but they didn't have any problem with the existence of CP on the platform uh, for the past how many years. It's all, it's all so hollow. Her departure came hours after supermodel Gigi Hadid deactivated her profile and moaned Twitter had become more of a cesspool of hate and bigotry. It hasn't. They joined a string of other high-profile left-leaning figures who said they have all quit after Musk completed his chaotic buyout of Twitter last month and declared himself chief twit. But several who have announced their departure still have live accounts on the site, including Grammy-winning singer-songwriter Sarah Berlinajana, not going to work here anymore, and Grey's Anatomy creator Shonda Rhimes. Who are who cares? These people aren't relevant. The only people that follow these people are like bots. That's why if you went to one of these people's accounts, if you went to Whoopi Goldberg's account, if you go to Mark Ruffalo's account, who's got like almost 10 million followers, the guy can't even get 1,000 likes regularly. You know, even I get 1,000 likes if I do, you know, if I do a funny. Many conservative commentators have welcomed Musk to take over after Tesla Chiefs said he maintained free speech on the platform following claims right-wing voices were previously silenced or shut down. Now, we have a list of people who are leaving, right? Announcing the decision, Goldberg said on The View, I'm going to get out, and if it settles down and I feel more comfortable, maybe I'll come back. But if tonight I'm done Twitter, um, I don't know how many people follow her on Twitter. I don't think anyone really cares what she has to say. I think it's funny that anyone thinks uh, she can relate with anybody normal. Uh, she can't. She's just an elitist. She also said some speech is not okay free speech. An apparent reference to Musk's commitment to protect conservative voices on the platform. He's not protecting conservative voices. He's just applying the rules evenly. Well, there's been a lot of... <laughs> I, want to, I want to give a shout out to uh, Wyatt here uh, at Mart. Uh, I can't play the video because it's got uh, uh, copywritten music, but I did pull a few threads from it. Liberals fleeing, liberals fleeing Twitter for Mastodon and, get, and getting BF'd by Internet's hardest R-words. And it's so true. It's, it's hilarious. Let's go. Let's see how things are going for, let's say, Taylor Lorenz. For all the talk of Mastodon being better about harassment, it doesn't seem like any features people who deal with tons of harassment have been asking Twitter for. Mass blocking, ability to block and limit anyone who likes a specific post or follows a specific person, ability to see only notifications from mutuals. Can you even limit your replies to mutuals only on here? Doesn't seem like you can. Hashtag tech, hashtag Twitter, hashtag Twitter me, hashtag Twitter refugee, hashtag media, hashtag news, hashtag journalists. Ha, 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 ha.
Yeah, because all these new variants, like all the new variations of social media out there, they want free speech. They don't want to be censored. That's why this is on the Fediverse, right? You can look. Now, Mastodon users, as of 53 minutes ago, there are 6.2 million accounts, allegedly, on Mastodon. That's really impressive. And again, like, people th people are so dumb if they think that I wouldn't support Mastodon. Like, no, I support any and all alt tech almost, you know, with all re with, within reason, like, exclusively. Leftists are heading to Mastodon because they think it's a leftist, because it's known as a leftist safe space. But it isn't because there are many instances of Mastodon. So none of them did any research, right? Let's look at some of these posts. Here's Taylor Lorenz's first post. Hi, I'm a technology columnist at the Washington Post. I was previously a tech reporter at the New York Times and the Atlantic. I love communication technology and online culture news. I share lots of links and hot takes on internet tech stuff. Emoji, hashtag technology, hashtag media, hashtag journalism, hashtag journalist, hashtag New York Times, hashtag Washington Post, hashtag New York Times, hashtag Twitter refugee, hashtag Twitter migration, hashtag Twitter is dead, hashtag Twitter. Please, somebody see my tweet, see my, see my post, somebody. Let's see some of the early replies. Let's go back to some of the early replies. F you, uh, I doubt you're real, but F you anyway, go back. Uh, hey, Taylor, reaching about the filthy rich upbringing you pretend you didn't have really makes me want to b build a guillotine for some reason. Uh, <laughs> there's like, uh, now there are a few people obviously who are in there. But if you look at some of these videos uh, of the video, here's Taylor's uh, first post. If I can, if I can uh, actually expand it here, maybe you could see it. Um, you see a lot of just, People responding with all sorts of like bad guy from WW2 memes, uh, t t uh, anti-Semitic memes. Her entire replies is full of, uh, here's uh, Kirby saying KYS, you got a noose. I mean, like you got hundreds of posts of like just crazy stuff getting posted to her. Here's Jane Manchun Wong, another reporter. If there's a malicious Mastodon instance that spawns lots of accounts and flood slash troll the posts on other instances, what can be done? Genuinely curious about Mastodon from a trust and safety perspective. Like everybody, all these journalists that are over here, what, what are they doing? They're getting here. They're like immediately demanding more censorship. That, that's, that's all they're doing. They, they get to a new platform and they're like, why are people allowed to tell me that they hate me? Why do, why are people, why are people mean to me? These people will never leave Twitter because Mastodon isn't better than Twitter. It, it, it is an alternative, especially if you're a Fediverse person, you want to get into, you know, blockchain stuff. It's got 5 million users. And by, by the end of like, I would say more than half of these new users will be gone in a month. I don't, I, I hope people stay. I hope people stay. But the thing about Mastodon is that like, you know, here she's on a server with 152,000 active users. Like there's, there's not exactly 
a safe space on Mastodon. You could spend all day whining about it. And they're, they're going to just come back to Twitter. Like always, you know, it's, it's slow. I don't know if the app's slow. Um, I find it to be kind of slow at times, but again, I support alt tech. I just think it's funny that, uh, they're probably getting completely destroyed, uh, and demanding more censorship. Oh no, by the way, nobody, uh, left Twitter, you know, Twitter's as most here as you see, let's see. I'll retweet. Macedon now has 1 million users, the same as Twitter in 2008. I don't get these differences. So this says there's only a million, but this other one says 6 million. Well, that's accounts. So maybe there's a difference between accounts and users. I mean, obviously it's going up, but it's go it's not going to stay. You know, it's, 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 it's fedify.com is on a list of Twitter verified accounts and they've moved to Macedon. It's a hand cured late hand curated list. They're really trying. They're really, really trying to make this a thing. And really Taylor's not very active on here because she's not going to get the kind of interactions that she's used to. Uh, 17,000 followers is pretty good to be honest on Macedon, but uh, yeah, good luck. And next up today, Final Fantasy 16 is cancelled. What? Some video game news. Yes, I know God of War came out and everyone's excitedly playing that and I look forward to playing it perhaps this weekend. Although I do have a bit of a hard cap on allowing myself to buy additional video games until I've completed a, a certain number of my backlog games that are still brand new in the package and or sitting on Steam uninstalled. But... Uh, this article came across my desk as a fan. One of the few games that I just like always make sure I play is new Final Fantasy games. I didn't love the old one. I play Final Fantasy online, although I haven't been online in a little bit of a while. But uh, you could join the Quarter Pounders free company. Uh, I'd love to have you. But the latest, the last Final Fantasy felt a little bit like a boy band thing. I didn't really care for it. But there is a new Final Fantasy 16 in development and apparently it's canceled because it's too white. I'm not kidding. This is a real article. So this article in Kraptaku, I mean Kotaku, Final Fantasy 16 Death is a terrible answer for why the game is so white. As we know, game developers uh, see whiteness as a problem, as a sign of oppression because they're all mad at their fathers. Uh, Naoki Yoshida, feels that racial diversity would be a violation of narrative boundaries. What? You know, these same authors, these same journals weren't whining about why Squid Game was so Korean. You know, I mean, uh, for whatever reason, it's only a problem when there's quote unquote too many white people. I don't know how many white people are enough white people or how many white people are too many. I assume more than one is too many. And uh, I don't really know. Two weeks ago, Square Enix released a new story trailer for the upcoming RPG Final Fantasy 16. Probably the only reason I bought the PlayStation 5. There's that's my anecdote. There's just one noticeable problem. There doesn't seem to be a single non-white character in it. So IGN asked uh, producer Naoki Yoshida about whether or not the game would feature any black people or other people of color. Unfortunately. His response made me go, yikes, in real life. Yoshida explained that the fantasy world of Valisthea, I'm probably mispronouncing that, was based on medieval Europe, and they wanted to limit the world culturally and geographically 
The place was never going to be realistically as diverse as modern day Earth or even Final Fantasy XIV, he said. As if he was being asked to incorporate every race in the planet. Yeah, was it too much? Looks like he ignored the, uh, he stood fast against the reimagining. So, whoa! whoa. <laughs> Rip headphone users. <laughs> uh, it, 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 it looks like he, uh, he, he refused uh, to reimagine the game. Uh, incorporating ethnic diversity into the town was important, and over-incorporation into one single corner of a much larger world could end up causing violation of those narrative boundaries we originally set for ourselves. So essentially what they're saying is, now again, let's just replace white with Asian. Shout out to all my Asian viewers. But uh, unfortunately, I'm going to use you as an example here. I'm using you as a bit of a shield. If the author had said this, this, um, this, this story was based in Malaysia, or th or this story was based in Japan or or China, and so uh, and at the time there weren't a lot of whatever whatever immigrants and this and that, um, and so we kept it true to the story. Or how about um, how why aren't there enough white people in Wakanda? You know what I mean? Like if you switch any other race with white, it sounds absurd. Uh, why is there no white people in uh, the black ethno state known as Wakanda? Which begs the question, why did they enforce a whites only boundary in the first place? I suspect this game will be the best selling of all time. I just, you know, the more journals rage about particular video games, the more that uh, people want to buy it. And it'll have nothing to do with it being too many white people. It'll be everything to do with owning the uh, ruling class, which is, you know, a lot of what you see with, you know, the Twitter stuff. You know, with Twitter, uh, you know, the removal of the plebeian or allowing the plebes to get their check marks. After acknowledging that the real world is more diverse in this town, he continued, The story we are telling is fantasy, yes, but it's also rooted in reality. Which is it, Yoshida? You can't say that your fictional world isn't bound to reality and then use it to reality to explain why black people can't exist. Pick a struggle and stick with it, please. Do you, do you, must you see yourself in every game for you to enjoy it? I don't. To be honest with you, I, I've never really felt that way, but I guess that's my whiteness speaking. What's really frustrating about all this is that black and brown people have always existed in medieval Europe. If the creative leadership had done more research or checked their biases, they might have noticed that black people have been living in Britain for 2,000 years, or some black Europeans were canonized in the Holy Roman Empire, or realized that Iberia was under Islamic rule for almost 500 years. Instead of a realistic imagining of medieval Europe, we got Final Fantasy 16 instead. I can feel your urge to pre-order rising. I emailed Square Enix asked how they decided on whether or not a story element violated the de developer's narrative boundaries, and I'll let you know once I've gotten a response. Oh, cope and seethe. It's like, look, I don't view I don't view this as like say white people video games. Uh it's because I think that's cringe. It's like the same people if if black folks think that Wakanda Forever is a is black cinema and that it should it's exclusively for black people. That's cringe and stupid too. If you enjoy a movie, it shouldn't matter 
what the skin color of the actors and actresses are in it. Now, if you're telling me that a movie is like, you know, realistic, you know, telling the realistic, you know, uh, a real true event or whatever, it may appeal to one group of people more than the other. But even that doesn't necessarily limit it to such. I just rewatched the trailer and the one embedded above, I saw a giant winged lady throw ice shards. Apparently that's not too over the top fantasy realism, but bringing in real people from different reason, re races is a step too far. By the way, Final Fantasy has always been pretty diverse. Um, you know, in Final Fantasy VII, you're like playing a, a eco Terry, uh, and you have a pretty diverse team. And Final Fantasy XIV is super diverse. It's like, why are you picking on picking on this one thing? It's like, I I I, I look forward to the time, the day when all these idiots have zero power at all, and it's getting close to that. So why did the developers decide to only include white characters in the trailer? Yoshida had an answer that sounds entirely like a non-answer. I cannot, or it can be challenging to assign distinctive ethnicities to either antagonists or protagonists without triggering audience preconceptions, inviting unwarranted speculation, and ultimately stoking the flames of controversy. I believe that the developers, you could tell I'm reading it in their name and their voice, can overcome that challenge without blowing up the internet. If a AAA blockbuster God of War Ragnarok can feature a black character as its main character in Norse mythology, then a totally made-up world can do the same. That's true. But it's an artistic choice, right? If they had made Final Fantasy all black, would you be complaining? No. We know that. The new quotes make me feel very cynical about Yoshida's comments from a previous interview. In August, he said that he wanted to revitalize the Final Fantasy series, which had become mired in its own long-standing tradition. In terms of whether Final Fantasy uh, is successfully adapting to industry trends, I believe the series is currently struggling. Don't care. I mean, I think the series is struggling um, probably in different ways, but, uh, you know... I'm 100% down with uh, buying this game. I was going to always buy it anyway. But uh, yeah, cope and see. Also, I can't get a, can brother get a new Dragon Quest game? What's going on with the Dragon Quest series? Can I get a new Dragon Quest game? And last of today, teaming up with Steven Crowder, the quartering and louder with Crowder. That's right, big announcement. I know not everyone's into like hard politics on this channel, but it's hard to ignore here as an American, the midterm elections. I know a lot of people are watching them. And I and and uh, I got the great opportunity. Uh, I've got a couple things to announce. First, I will be on Louder with Crowder's election special tonight, uh, around nine nine thirty. Uh, and I hope to see you there. Stephen Crowder has always been kind to me, has always looked out for me, and uh, has always had made time to talk to me when we have to when we have to discuss stuff. Um, he hooked me up with his lawyer, which successfully def uh, took care of a legal uh, thing for me. That was very nice to have the Kraken. At my disposal and so he's got 988,000 subscribers on rumble i'm gonna leave a link to the stream uh so i i hope that we can make this the biggest stream uh, anywhere on the election secondarily i'm going to be streaming on my channel at 5 30 i'm working on getting some guests lined up maybe we'll get some alex or sydney or uh, maybe some other people we're going to talk about um everything that we've seen so far at 5 30 so then i'm ready to roll for the 9 9 30 show i'm having loads of anxiety about going on but it's a huge opportunity to maybe 
earn some new subscriptions and, and, and Steven's been really kind enough to invite me on. So I hope that the quartering crew will show up, show out, uh, and make the stream huge. Also celebrating today. You may have gotten an email. You may have saw an ad I ran earlier today, but really excited to launch our gift box builder on coffeebrandcoffee.com. If you need gift ideas for family, friends, coworkers, business associates, this has you covered. You can get a, it comes in a really nice box that you can ready. It's ready to go giftable right away. And you can pick as many items as you want to build out that box. You can make combinations of coffee, tea, cocoa. You could do all tea. You could do all cocoa. You could do all coffee. You can do accessories, all of these things. Um, and it's going to make Christmas so much easier for you. And we only have 10,000 available. I had to pre-buy the boxes because I printed them special for this. So I'm telling my subscribers first. I know you might be thinking 10,000. That's crazy. But it's not uncommon for us to do 500 sales in a day. Um, so I probably should have bought more, but they're expense. the boxes were expensive. And I, I, I wasn't sure you know, if we could get the technology done. But everything works. And you can build out your own gift box. You can filter. And uh, you can get a bunch of your people off your Christmas list today, too. So hopefully you'll check that out right on Coffee Around Coffee. Promo code MIDTERM, special promo code today. Save huge off your new orders. We've got new flavors of coffee, tea, and cocoa. All the madness going on tonight. So hope to see you on Crowder's live stream. I'm going to leave a link to the live stream in the description below. I, it starts at 8 p.m. Eastern, and I will be on around 9. Very, very excited. Thanks for all of your support, and I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity from Stephen, and uh, we'll see you live later.